Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, Chris Evans here to thank you for listening to my podcast. This week on the podcast, TV's Fern Cotton, Sky Sports' Kirsty Gallagher, Jamie Bell talks Rocketman, Stellan Skarsgård chats Chernobyl, plus Clive Anderson tells us about his new show Mystic Britain, Jason Fox and Victoria Pendleton talk all things SAS, Who Dares Wins, The Celebrity Special, and the guilty feminist herself, Deborah Francis-White, tells us what to expect on her new tour. All of that and more on the way. Enjoy, my friends, Enjoy. Our next guest is a master of mindfulness that made her name on Kids TV, grew up with us on the radio, and continues to inspire us in her books, podcasts, and on stage. Please welcome to Virgin Radio, our very own happy place. It's the wonderful Fern Cotton. Good morning, Fern. Oh, that was lovely. On Wednesday, I was walking the dog Sparkle uh, through Great Windsor Park, and this lady came up. She said, "Oh, there's a lady around the corner. She lost the dog. It's uh, crossed between um, a, a little terrier and a, a whippet. And if you see it, it's named Stephen." I said, okay, <laughs> let's look for Stephen. Uh, she said, oh, by the way, I miss your show. I'm, I love your show. I miss your show. I said, oh, right. She said, I've only got, I can't get it because I've not got a digital radio. I've only got one of those um, home speakers. I'm like, that's the easiest way to listen to our show. She says, well, what do I, what do, I do? I just say, I said, well, you just say, say to it, play the Chris Evans Breakfast Show. It can't be that easy, can it? I said, yes, it is. Try it when you get home. And it's so frustrating when you hear that. Did she find Stephen? No, because well, Stephen wasn't hers. She had oh. another dog. Mm. Uh, I tried to help. Well, I did help to find Stephen, but I didn't find Stephen. Sparkle, my dog, also helped to find Stephen. We didn't find Stephen. I'm not sure if Stephen was ever found. I like pets with man oh. names like yeah. Trevor, Brian, <laughs> Stephen, Dave. Colin. Yeah. Colin's Richard, a good one. Colin's yeah. a very good one. We've got a shrimp called Dave. Have you really? Yeah. Oh, do you know Ooh. about do you know about shrimps and their brains? No. Go on. Okay. Uh, if you read. Jordan B. Peterson's book, 12 Rules for, Rules for Life. The first chapter is all about the lobster and um, and the lobster family of which uh, the prawn, was it prawn? Shrimp. Shrimp. A wood shrimp. Shrimp prawn. Uh, all, all, part of, all part of that family. <laughs> A wood shrimp. Wood shrimp. Wood shrimp. Yeah. yeah. And okay. our surname, our family name is Wood, so it's yeah. perfect. It, it oh, is right. perfect. Yeah. It is perfect. Did, 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 is that why you bought the wood shrimp? Did you buy yeah. it? Did oh, you is buy that why it? you yeah, married? Yeah, my son was like, that's the shrimp for us, okay. wood. So you just got the one? Where? Yeah, Where did you get fish? them from? The pet shop. Really? Yeah, we bought six fish for my son's birthday and a wood shrimp. Okay, there you go. Fine. So, w- would you not think to buy two? So the wood shrimp had a little wood shrimp mate. Oh well, yeah, I guess so. He if... cleans the. T- he walks on with his little hands and he How just cleans funny. the tank up. It's yeah. brilliant. He's yeah. like me in shrimp form, <laughs> cleaning constantly. Around he's the like house. the Marie yeah. Kondo. Yeah, the, the, he is. He's he the is. Mrs. Hinch yeah. of the shrimp <laughs> That's world. That's right. Oh wow! Yeah. Go, go shrimp yourself. <laughs> Has he got an Instagram account? I should get him. Well, that's exactly what you should yeah, have. Mrs. Okay. Hinch, move over. What's his okay. name again? Dave. Dave the Shrimp Dave is in town. Shrimp. Right, I'm doing Dave that. Wood. That's good. Okay. When I get home, that's yeah. happening. He's not impish, he's shrimpish. We've <laughs> got a catch line already. All right. Catchphrase. Okay. Love that. I can't remember why I was telling this. Oh, yeah. Because if they, brains. if they get into a, 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 a situation of conflict, two shrimps, then they will do anything but have a fight. Uh, so they have different ways of letting each other know who's the strongest so they don't have to come to blows because they're a peace-loving species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they do come to blows sometimes and it's usually fatal which is why 
why neither of them want to risk it. Wow. Because that's a bit of a risk, mm. you know. Well, so they just sort of look at each other. Yeah, but the first of all, they look at each other. Right. Then they, they fire a centre at each other, which has a, um, their testosterone in it. And different levels of testosterone means uh, more aggressive and, more, and stronger. And so one shrimp can say, oh, that, there's no point. In him. He's, yeah. he's got rocket fuel and I've got like uh, two, two strokes wow. inside me. But then what happens is if a shrimp backs off or he's beaten in a fight without dying, if it, if it doesn't die, um, that shrimp's brain then melts. What? It melts. It dis- silly. No, it melts. It melts. It disintegrates. How do you it, all know? It, Rachel's nodding. Because How it's in Jordan B. Peterson's book and he knows everything. Wow. Right? Right. So, so basically, we need to read this. what happens yeah. is the shrimp's brain melts completely, okay, and then it grows another brain which is more subservient, which makes its life more bearable. Wow. That is that's all going on. That's all going on with Dave. I'm getting Dave a friend. Are we well, going to test this theory out? We're, yeah, we're well, going to do that. We're going to well, melt a brain, sure. guys. <laughs> yeah. Poor we're Dave. Melt a little shrimp brain. But brain. Dave's getting an Instagram account. That's going to be the that's rest gonna of my happen day. later on. That, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. You know, how Rex many, love that. How many followers do you have? Uh, 2.7 million. million. Okay, I think Dave's going to outdo you <laughs> in about a minute. <laughs> well, now. Because people love an animal Instagram account. They do. Okay, how many followers do you have? Instagram followers? Three, just over 300 million. 300, no, just 300, 300 million. Just lie. 300 million. 300 uh, Rachel, 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 Rachel. I think I've got about 40. Yeah, okay. Billion. <laughs> That's good. 40 billion. Yeah, billion. Oh, good luck, Fern. Thank okay. you. Good luck on catching up with these two. I know. 300 million and 40 billion. <laughs> oh, watch out. Dave's Don't never happen. You need Dave. You need Dave need you. You need Dave. <laughs> oh, no. We all need a Dave. True Chat. How random. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. He pirouetted into our lives as Billy Elliot and has had a Hollywood dancing to his tune ever since. Now donning snazzy clothes and incredible hairdos as Bernie Taupin in the Elton John biopic Rocky Man... Rocky Man? Rocket Man? Excuse me. Please welcome an actor that's music to anyone's ears. The wonderful Jamie Bell. It's Rocky Man. Good it's morning. Rocky Man. It's Rocket Man. Good morning, <laughs> Bell Man. How are you doing? I'm very well, Chris. How are you? Very well. Uh, two, uh, congratulations on what I've seen so far and heard so far. Thanks, man. Um, what kind of buzz are you feeling? Is it, is it, is it as uh, sort of uh, ecstatic as ours? I'm kind of in your department. I haven't seen very much of it either, so I keep hearing that people like it and that they're excited about it, so I feel good about that. Yeah. Okay, so tell us, um, first of all, how you hooked up with the producers of it. How long has this film been uh, talked about? Because I know that Bohemian Rhapsody was talk, has been talked about for eight years before it got made mm. because Roger Taylor told me eight years ago that it, they were thinking about making it. I think uh, this movie's been long in gestation. But for me, I, I first met Elton uh, when Billy Elliot premiered at Cannes, and it was 150 years ago. <laughs> and he was so moved by it, he then obviously did... Um, the music for the musical for Billy Elliot the musical so I've always kind of like been somehow tethered to him in some kind of ether Yeah. so when um, this came up that I might be able to get to play his longtime lyricist Bernie Taupin and it just felt like the right thing to do but I'm sure they've been wanting to make this movie for decades I'm okay sure. so is it all with Elton Say So is it all with his blessing he's a producer he's David Furnish is a producer yep. yeah I see alright that's really interesting because yeah. uh, from what I've heard about some of the fantasy scenes and Jamie will tell us more about those in a second or two it's so interesting that, because that could only I was hoping that that could only have come from Elton and that must obviously be the case it does kind of spin off into the surreal kind of fantasy element uh, I would and, say and that's because for people who don't know that, I think that's because how else do you tell the story of Elton John without yeah. it being a fantasy because he has lived this kind of insane fantasy for decades and decades and decades you know and there's there's one scene that Miss Ellie described to me about he's playing one of the big stadiums might be Shea Stadium or Madison Square Gardens for Dodger, the first. Dodger Stadium Dodger in Stadium, Los Angeles right. yeah. and he hears before the gig he hears that the Beach Boys are at the bar 
that Neil Diamond. Oh, that's at, the troubadour. Yeah, the that's troubadour. The yeah, Neil yeah. Diamond's at the bar, yeah. and he goes on to play. Leon Russell was there that night. Okay, as well. Crocodile yeah. Rock. And what happens in the movie? The, when... the crowd literally elevate off the floor and float in midair. Apparently, <laughs> which is the, a suggestion that that's what Elton may have been seeing at the time. I think that's, what people, that's how he made people feel. Well, that's true. High as a kite. He's going to be high as a kite till then. Yeah. Did you see Kingsman? I did see Kingsman. Of course yeah. you did, yeah. uh, because there's a there's a big clue to all the to to who was going to play Elton at the end of Kingsman. Yeah, yeah that's remember? right, that's right. Okay, yeah, well, why don't you King, that was Kingsman two, wasn't it? Yeah, because Elton was in Kingsman two. It was the last one, wasn't right. it? Right, right. I didn't see that one. All right, so Tara, obviously <laughs> Tar- Taron, Tara, sorry, Taron yeah, yeah, yeah. is in Kingsman two. He's in Kingsman yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, but he did, also was in an animated film called Sing, where he actually sung one of Elton's songs. He sung "I'm Still Standing" in that movie. So they have a bit of previous. Yeah, they have that. Yeah, but yeah. I think in Kingsman two, um, they were making the movie. Uh, uh, Kingsman 2, Matthew Vaughan. Yes, correct. Movie, he directed he? that, yeah. And um, I think Elton was around with Taron because they were talking about Rocket Man. And so they said, Elton, you're not, you're not free next Tuesday, are you? And right. so that's why he's in the last 10 minutes of Kingsman 2. Elton is like the, the, the mad, you know, the Doctor Evil character at the end, but it's actually Elton John. That's brilliant. Yeah, and, and Taron sort of Tight assa- cast. assails him. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you play your Bernie Toppin. When, yeah. you, when we watch the film, it seems, and I sense, and because I've been fortunate enough to be involved in, you know, many things like this mm. and, and uh, TFI Friday and things like that, it, I get the sense that you had a great time making it because I can sort of tell. I had a sixth sense for these kind of things. Right. Please tell me I'm right. You are right. I mean, I think when you're coming to work every day and you're hearing these songs and there's dancers dancing and these, these big set pieces, it's hard not to have fun, you know. Um, and Elton is about joy. I mean, he really does bring a lot of joy into people's lives and he's still doing it. He's on like a three-year world tour just to say goodbye <laughs> to the world. So he's definitely, you know, he loves having fun and, and we certainly had a lot of it on this movie as well. So and seeing like Taron sing the songs, he performed yeah. all the songs live. Oh, come on, tell us about that. That's important. Well, I, mean, I would say like by the, I mean, he came in with a strong voice already because he'd, be, he'd been singing on other movies, but I would say by the end of this film, he was definitely capable of like holding an arena show on his own. Really? I mean, for sure, his voice got so strong. From a musical point of view, it's very difficult to be any more talented than Elton John. I would, agree, I would agree, yeah. If it is, if it's possible at all, and it might it might not be. Um, it's also difficult to have had more fun than Elton John True. had in mm. his heyday mm-hmm. and to take it to the nth degree and still be here to tell the tale. It's very difficult to be wiser than Elton John uh, or more gracious or more selfless or generous than Elton John. He's, he's not a bad human being for us to have enjoyed, is he? No, he's he's, he's so survived so many things he's as you as you mentioned his aids campaign um and his aids charity the amount of money that him and Still, david have managed to raise day. i was at his oscar party this year and i think that this year i think they raised something like 60 million just this year well i think every royalty from every record that ever gets played every elton john record that ever gets played anywhere in the world every single penny every Forever goes to the age yeah, charity, exactly. So, so, I mean, so all this music we play now, that all goes to, it goes to on every radio station in the world, MTV, right. movie soundtracks, right. TV adverts, etc., etc., etc. I heard once of, uh, that one of Elton's uh, eccentricities, and he has many because he's Elton John, so he can, uh, was that every day he gets five brand new toothbrushes of different colours wrapped in their wrappers, mm-hmm. and he. he picks one and then gives the other four to charity. Do you know about that? I don't know Can you find that. out for me next I time? Will, we'll I will ask him specifically. <laughs> okay, <all right>. yes. <laughs> Jamie, well done. Thanks, man. Love to see you Good again. Good to see you as well. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, over to you. He's a stamp of guaranteed quality on any film or TV show. Scandinavian acting royalty and father of Tarzan. Soon to be seen in the riveting new Sky Atlantic series Chernobyl. Please welcome the man that puts the dish in Swedish. It's Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> hey, Stellan. <laughs> 
Yay. Could I get a copy of that? <laughs> the only way that could have been better if it was in actual Swedish, in in in, in your mother tongue, because it would have been even better, then, wouldn't it? Imagine, ah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful if, language. Yeah. Imagine if we had somebody there, somebody here who could do that. Dave, back over to you. Om du ser den mannen i en film, vet du att den är bra. Han är en skandinavisk skådespelare i Kon och Tarzans pappa. Snart ser vi honom i nya Sky-serien Chernobyl. Kan alla säga välkommen till den underbara Stellan Skarsgård? You're very welcome. How about that? That was impressive. Yes. Yeah. Is it like being back home on one of the islands? It was, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, Thanks. because David is married to a Swedish lady. I am. Oh. I'm trying to learn Swedish now, so she helped me with that quite a lot. It's amazing. I mean, you, you meet a lot of men all over the world, and they've all been with a Swedish Swedish woman. Uh, <laughs> what I do don't mean, know how many what, women they're... we have in Sweden. <laughs> or... He's not been with it. He's married to one. So it's a bit more than the sign. I've been with one. I'm in. It's a little bit more committed than that. Yeah, a little more. They're very pretty, aren't they? They're beautiful. Beautiful women. They're beautiful and they're strong. I mean, it's the most emancipated part of the world. So that's why they're all over the place. There we are. They're all over the place. Do you have your own island? I asked your son this. I said, do you have an island? He said, what do you mean do I have an island? Well, I said, there are 26,000 to choose from. And often in Sweden, if you buy a detached house, it's on its own island, is it? Well, I have a house on an island, a summer house on an island, but it's not, uh, I mean, I I share that island with about 1,000 people. Okay. But you can get one on your own, can't you, if you want to? Yeah, you can. Summer house on an island in Sweden. You've got it all. The archipelago outside of Stockholm is fantastic, and you you take your boat to a restaurant and one island and you go shopping on another oh, island. How cool is that? No wonder you're all so laid back and chilled with life. Uh, so from one extreme to the other, uh, to Chernobyl, uh, back in the 80s and Ukraine. Congratulations on this. We've all watched it. Fern hasn't watched it, but she doesn't work on the show, but she would have watched it because um, we've got this special sort of encoded secret link. Uh, it's going to be on Sky Atlantic and Now TV as well uh, from Tuesday the 7th of May at 9 o'clock. And that's the first episode. It's an extended episode. It's one and a half hours uh, with ads. It's It's Amazing. Uh, can you describe, um, for, for, for people who don't know the story, do you mind telling the story? Do you mind telling the, this particular series' take on the story? Well, it, the take is actually the truth, which is uh, rather rare nowadays sometimes. Um, but but uh, it, it is what happened in uh, 1986, 26th of April, when the reactor number four in uh, the power plant of Chernobyl exploded. Uh, and it was uh, it was a horrible accident. But the take on it here is to tell the truth and the, also to find out why it exploded, which is not only a technical failure, which it, which it was to a certain extent, but that there was a reason for a technical failure, and that was that the Soviet system was a system that was supposed to be perfect, which meant that everything that sort of uh, threatened the idea of perfection was sub- suppressed. So so nobody would recognize any flaws, even technical flaws. It's incredible. And it's incredible. And that led to this horrible accident. And that's why it's so important today as well to see this this show. Because we we can have different reasons for suppressing truth or suppressing science. And it can be because you live in a Soviet system, but it could also be financial reasons. I mean, the Fukushima accident was for for profit reasons. The problems with Boeing planes is for profit reasons. You suppress info, uh, important facts to gain something. Yeah, you, usually uh, not to the good of the many. No, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, when it comes to like climate change today, every, with a few 
strange exceptions, every politician knows that we are actually heading for a catastrophe. Yeah. And nobody does anything. Well, well I hope the world is ready for this. I wasn't ready for it. I really wasn't ready for it, but I was very glad to watch yeah. it. And I can't wait to watch the whole of the series. Uh, Stellan, thank you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Three guests down and still loads to go, still to come. Tash tells us about her London Marathon experience with the kids and the pram. Grand Design's Kevin McLeod, Sue Perkins and Leah Hazard chat about Leah's new book, Hard Pushed, and Midwife's Story, and Sue's new book, East of Croydon. But first... This. He's written for Not the Nine O'Clock News. He's presented Whose Line Is It Anyway? He's had his own chat show. He's annoyed the Bee Gees. And now he's back <laughs> with Mystic Britain, the show that scours the UK looking for our most mysterious sights. Please welcome the mystical marvel that is Clive Anderson. Good morning, Clive. <laughs> Good morning, Chris. It's always important to listen to your introduction to, to remember who you are, what, what, what you've apparently done. What yeah. do you think of yourself in your career? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like you say you're a king of broadcasting. Well, you are. Yeah, I, uh, You're one of the kings. Yeah, of yeah a knave, maybe. I, I think, think so, OK. Yeah. Uh, the Bee Gees thing, that's going to follow you around forever, isn't I'm it? I'm afraid so, yes. It was, uh, you, you know what it's like. I remember you, watching yeah. it. I remember watching <laughs> it at home. I thought, oh, this is going well. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I watched it back, I could say, oh, you know, that question annoyed them. That one, and, and I man- managed to tread on every sort of toe available. Because your, your show, your chat show, I mean, how long was it on Channel 4 for? It was on about 10 years it on was, Channel 4. It was massive, I think wasn't that it? was BBC, though. I'd moved to BBC by then. So we, we set our clocks by. It was that, and not the nine o'clock news. We absolutely loved it. Um, you know, ruling the rooster. But you were never, you were never really a sort of um, typical TV star, even though you were. You know, you were king of the ratings for I a long time. I won't say, I won't say king, but I uh, probably not as showbiz as uh, as uh, some. But, but you did. Was that the irony? Because it was quite a showbiz. Chat show in I, a way, wasn't it? I, it? It was, but we we covered a whole range of things. Damn but that, but uh, that that particular show with the Bee Gees, it was a you know it was a big evening. We'd I'd done a show, and then we were pre-recording for the next week with them. So the the studio audience was really up, and so was I. But it didn't go as well as it. <laughs> you, you you focused a lot on your questions, didn't you? Because your questions, I mean, you thought a lot about them. I presume many of your questions were written because they were very funny, funny questions. Did it matter about the answer? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fair criticism in that question. It's, I, not, it's just an observation. Yeah, no, no, I I, um, I imagined that if you had you ask a difficult question, if you turn it into a joke, it made it less <laughs> less <laughs> severe. That's but what you thought. The opposite, of course, is the is the case because especially if there's an audience uh, chuckling away, it's a bit sort of threatening uh, to the guests. But some people thrive on that. Who who, who uh, sort of who sort of enjoyed, like you say, who thrived on your format? Well, people like sort of Stephen Fry or Ben Elton. You know, people people you can have a little bit of a go at, but they'll come back at you. I yeah. like it's like a tennis match for yeah. me if you're fairly evenly matched it's good fun I don't mind if you'll have a go at me back and that's uh, uh, that's that's when it worked and for some people like a politician if they're quite Severe, but you bring out their funny side. Yeah, who's, that, so who was good? Who's, who sort of shone there unexpectedly? Perhaps? Uh, I, was, I remember one uh, one person who got a good qu- uh, thing, and John Prescott, who was f- you know famous. <laughs> he struggles sometimes with words, but I asked a sort of you know led with my chin. You know, well, what what job would you like if you weren't in politics? And he said, Oh, I'll do yours. Looks easy enough. And you know, there <laughs> yeah. was a great response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This show, the, the, it couldn't be more different from the things I, I think you've done in the yeah. past. Um, do you like the telly you make do you have to do that or can you just make telly that you know other people will like and therefore you are serving a purpose and of significance anyway well i i like uh, generally speaking i like the telly i make and i like the the telly i make in my mind and then i say well here's a good idea and i go to people with them and uh, i don't know if you uh, 
appreciate this. You quite often your good ideas don't get taken up. Yeah. Uh, but then things come in the other direction as well, which they say, "Oh, would you like to do this?" And this was one like that. They said, "Oh, do you like to do a program which looks at history and prehistory?" It's got sort of mystery stories for the Smithsonian uh, Channel, which is based on the Smithsonian Institute in Washington. It sounded an interesting project, as it's turned out to be. Whether I kept that in my mind when I was a, it was all filmed in the winter, so all the filming seems to be done in a wet field with an archaeologist standing next to it say, saying, look, uh, we found some bones here. Or look at these rocks. Yeah, the ones that have got, you know, horizontal rain going past them. Yeah, well, this is this was here 3,000 years ago. So, so Witches and Demons episode, one great way to get in there. Yes. Hook them in. Yeah. And uh, the Royal Right Witch episode two, Hadrian's Mystic Wall episode three. That was, I bet that was good fun, wasn't it? Uh, Hadrian's Wall is a beautiful part of the country. I don't know if you must have I've not been, no. There, have you been there? Uh, no, there's a there's a run. Of course, there's a run. Of course, there's a run. Yeah. Well, I did some of that run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> must get, done at least forty yards walking. <laughs> I got to play uh, a musical instrument there, and that's I was looking at the Romans. Got as far as you know the north of England, almost what, what became the north of England, Scotland, and kind of gave up a bit. So they had to build a wall to keep out these dodgy locals who they were slightly frightened of. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's only episode three. Then we've got the Revenants episode four, the Pagan Prince well, episode Revenants five. is good. You'll like that. Okay, come on. It's, it's, uh, it's, this is not the ancient past, it, but it's uh, a village in Yorkshire called Warren Percy where a pit of bones has been discovered. Human bones, and they've been mutilated after death. And you think, oh, what's this? Some events go on. No, they come from a period of 300 years. There's 300 years of bones in this pit in this medieval village. So our programme takes the form of a sort of, not quite a detective story, but, you know, why? Where do these bones come from? Why were pe- were they being murdered and put there? Were they dying and being mutilated? And we go through, explore a number of different theories and come up with, the, the, I think, almost the bizarrest notion. I don't know if I should use a plot, no, no, plot no, spoiler, no, but hook, it's kind hook. of in the title. But but it's, um, anyway, uh, that's, a, that's a real sort of mystery rather than mystic, I suppose. Right, it's a great one for the kids to watch on demand. <laughs> no, it really is. It's, it's a great programme for yeah, them. a lot of history in it. The Pagan Prince, Mummies, Ice Age Shaman, uh, yeah. Human Sacrifice, Secrets of Stonehenge, who doesn't want to see that, and yeah. Compilation, the compilation episode at the end. Yeah, uh, I thought it was compil- ye olde compilation, ye compilation episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stonehenge is great because uh, you can do a program about Stonehenge and then ten years later go back and do a different one because a new theory has Thanks come along. All the time. Yeah. Well, Clive, love to see you again. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dapper Dave has the next big intro. If our next guest is within 10 feet of you, there's a strong chance you'll have gone way over budget, have roped in a friend to help, and are probably dealing with an unexpected pregnancy. Just before Grand Design Live starts tomorrow at London's Excel Centre, please welcome the glorious Kevin McLeod. Kevin, we all love you so much. Uh, you're not. A, I mean, you know how much I love you, and I know and you likewise, have Likewise, Chris. It was a bit, too, know, it, it was a bit too quick to be sincere. <laughs> Sounded sound like you had it ready. <laughs> but was, everybody loves you. 
Bless you. Channel 4. Channel 4, I hope the golden handcuffs are firmly secured uh, because it, it, Kevin is hot, hot property uh, talking about his very latest uh, constructing hot properties. Uh, the last time you were on the show, you were on the phone and asked to hang on the phone because I wanted to talk to you off the air and asked for your advice about buying a house. And you said, you don't buy a house, you build one. I said, Kevin, I just want to buy one. Uh, no, 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 you must build one. You, I will, we'll build a house together. I don't want to build a house. No, no, you have to build a house. So what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I've got no choice, have I? Good. You gave me the bloke's number, and we're going to see him in two weeks' time. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. <laughs> I'll give you a few bloke's numbers, but I'm assuming you're going for the best man. Yeah? I'm going, well, you can't say it. Well, yeah, let's yeah, hope really, the other yeah, two really, don't know yeah, who they yeah, are. Yeah, then yeah, they'll be devastated. Be discreet about this, but yeah, no, great. It's I think name. you should. I think you should. I think it's a great experience. And, you know, it's it's empowering and it, rejuvenating. Right. Anybody want que- anybody want to ask Kevin any questions about their house, about future houses, about should we all build a house together? Kirsty yeah. Gallagher, from a safe distance? From a safe dif- distance. <laughs> Um, barn conversions. Mm. What's your thought? On What's your that? theory? What's, What's your theory? feelings about barn conversions? Barn conversions. They're not. Do you like them? Barns like churches aren't designed to be lived in, so they're hard to right. do. They're hard to get right, um, and it's hard, you know. But there are some crazy good ones out there. I've seen one. That's the thing. I'm not going to do the conversion, but I've seen a very good one. No, don't buy one. You've got to build your well, next no, place. I, I, well, don't I mean, do all this old-fashioned buying things. <laughs> you have to build. Yeah, but you heard what Kevin said. I mean, yeah. I think it's a good one. I mean, no, you got to build it. You got to build I'll it. Not allowed. You're not allowed to buy I'll speak to Kevin after about that. Yeah, just ask me more advice and Chris will tell you what he thinks. Okay. That, that, and, and, <laughs> That's, he already does. The man, the man you recommended to me, yeah. he chops the top off old cottages, doesn't he? Well, he's, he's, done, he's done other things too, but yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he did an amazing thing. He took a fantastic bungalow, uh, it was a dreadful bungalow on top of a hill, surrounded by a tall hedge, chopped the hedge down, took the roof off the bungalow and put a huge projecting first floor on it so that it's kind of... It, you wouldn't know that it isn't a really beautiful contemporary house but until you realise that the ground floor has got this kind of stick-on fake stone cladding, you know, from when it was a bungalow. It's still the same bungalow. Wow. We do this every week now. Oh, yes. uh, you f- posters on your wall. Um, yeah. Give us a poster on your wall. Oh, my Lord. Come on. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. Oh, and Peter very Wingard. Very Peter Wingard. We'll stick with Jane uh, Seymour. Yeah, right, just stick with Jane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fern, you, you're yeah. chomping <coughs> a bit here. Yeah, there were many of Hanson. <laughs> Hanson, there yeah. you go. Love okay, them. Love Gallagher. them. I still am a bit obsessed by him. Keanu Reeves Keanu in Reeves. Point Break. Mm. I even went to Blockbuster Videos, and you know, in the window, so, uh, they used to have those big cardboard cardboard cutouts yeah. of a when a film size. was out. Yeah. yeah, I went and got, I got someone to get it for me. Yeah. Did you? Put it in my room. Steal it. Was it a no, theft? No, was it no, they said, theft? no. Was have, it a crime? Have you done was it a with, crime of passion? No, no, it wasn't. It, they asked. They said, "Have you? When you finished with that?" And they were like, Up-cycled. "Oh, just have it." Yeah. So they uh, walked down no. Old Ascot High Street with the old uh, Keanu. I love Point it. Break. I know that yeah, blockbuster what, as well. It, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, do you remember? It had the cheapest Ben and Jerry's in the land. <laughs> what, what, Andy, what did you what, have what, on your wall? I had Alan Jones in his Formula One Williams car oh, and, the, and the Liverpool football team. Uh, Andy Burrows. Uh, posters. Uh, uh, Cameron Diaz. Okay, Stellan Skarsgård. Did you did you <laughs> do posters in Sweden? Did you have posters on your bedroom? Right, I didn't have anything for masturbations. No, I, no, no. I just had Guernica by that Picasso. Was the Scandinavian yeah. take on life. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. But the the reason I asked this question um, is because the next bit is the most important bit. Okay, blue tack or drawing pins? Go, Kevin. I don't think blue tech was invented. That's what somebody else said. <laughs> Hang on. That's what somebody else said last week, and it was invented. And, and moreover, it was I, invented. I, 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 I'm still struggling because the wallpaper, which my parents refused to change, was my Thunderbirds wallpaper, which I'd had since I was about seven. So oh, I, I, this, was a, this was lasting well into my teenage years. By the way, Stellan, that wasn't why you, the, your initial um, uh, re, uh, reply to my question, that wasn't why I had Alan Jones in the Formula One car. On the, well, I don't know. Well, no, seriously. Between, not, I like cars, but not that much. Uh, right. Um, oh, blue tech. All day. 
day long. Blue tech yeah, all day yeah, yeah. long. Uh, Kirsty? Well, it, it stood up, didn't it? Yeah, it had its own stand. Keanu stood up. Yeah, but your posters. Oh. Your posters. <laughs> Which bit of Keanu? <laughs> no, hang on a minute, guys. Seriously, back off. Uh, I would always use blue tech because... Um, no, you don't have to qualify it. You don't have to... Don't feel bad about it. You don't have to mitigate it. Leslie wouldn't like it. It's a simple question. Pin, uh, drawing pins or blue tack. They're simple. Well, pins make a hole, so no. Can we add folded up as a sellotape? Well, no, you can. Oh, we, yeah, when you double oh, it over. Oh, no. When you double fair it enough, over. Fair enough, you can do that. Double it over, yeah, that. that's brilliant. Okay, and your answer to that would be. Folded up as a sellotape. Didn't, yeah. didn't that tend to make the poster hover off the wall? It did, a bit? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fun. It was 3D. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. For most people, midwives are among the first humans you come in contact with. Here to pull the ward curtain back on the reality of a very difficult job is the author of the brilliant Hard Pushed, A Midwife Story. Let's all breathe and push for Leah Hazard. Good morning, Leah Hazard. Good morning. Thank uh, you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Her book is uh, Setting by the Truckload. So, uh, representing birth, we have Leah Hazard with us, le- representing life now, now Dapper Dave. She was last here getting our Game of Thrones juices flowing. Now she's back to give us the lowdown on her epic journey through Southeast Asia. In the new book, East of Croydon, please welcome the author, <laughs> broadcaster, comedian and self-confessed dreadful Traveller, it's Sue Perkins. Welcome, Sue. Thanks, darling. And now Bon Viver. Delighted you, with that. Well, you are a Bon Viver. You, I hope so. You celebrate life I with every bon breath, don't you? I yeah. think so. Well, I and so. here we are in episode three week of Game of Thrones. Extraordinary. And yet we can say no spoilers, but the <laughs> majesty rolls on. Did you love it? Yes, I did love it. Uh, so we got, uh, as I say, we got uh, Leah Hazard, who is a midwife. You still a midwife? I am indeed. You're still a midwife. Now, Adam Kay, of course, he wrote This Is Gonna Hurt, yes. sold over a million copies. Your book is the midwife's version of that. You don't mind that comparison surely you don't mind uh, that comparison. absolutely he's been very successful rightfully so so yeah i'm delighted for that all right when did you start becoming a midwife uh, your book begins of course uh, with your first day at a delivery ward um what was all that like why did you become a midwife were you a backing vocalist on top of the pops first did you work on newsnight <laughs> how does that no, happen no i wish that the newsnight comparison is maybe a wee bit closer because i used to work in tally i had a very unglamorous job in tally before i decided to retrain um that was really because i had my first child and as it does uh, birth kind of brought all my priorities into quite sharp perspective and I decided to do something that could make a bit more of a difference maybe to one or two people um so yeah so it was a sort of slow gradual path to retraining landed myself uh right in the middle of things as a student midwife and um and in terms of what it was like probably abject terror would be the best way to describe kind right. of starting so, so, off adam is no longer a doctor are you are you still a midwife i am uh hopefully as long as they'll have me i'll be back at work in a couple of weeks so so yeah still practicing because well, you know i hear stories and you know obviously we had the twins uh, seven months seven and a half months ago now and the midwives were brilliant I mean oh, awesome good. as always yeah. but you hear stories about the fact they can't take their break and they're having to walk down corridors while eating anything they can lay their hands on because somebody else is having another baby yes. and so who in their right mind who becomes a midwife would ever uh, ch- choose you know a sandwich over a human being yeah because that, that's what's happening isn't that, it that is a stark choice but yeah it's a choice that has to be made and it's it's not uncommon for us to kind of miss our breaks and and obviously we work really long shifts and, and are quite and overstretched for like yeah. 12 hour shifts yeah, it can no happen. breaks whatsoever yeah it can happen oh it, it makes my blood boil because it's all preventable it's preventable yes. with funding and respect a combination of the two and giving you the props you deserve and it breaks my heart that you should have to make that decision between yeah. feeding yourself or ministering to somebody who needs you in a ward it shouldn't. It shouldn't be like that. Most yeah. babies you've delivered in one shift. 
Oh, in one shift, yeah. uh, probably three. And I think that was when I was a student because what happens when you're a student is you kind of have to catch as many babies as you can in order to just kind Do you of... literally catch them? Sorry. Is that how it works? Yeah, because the twins, they because when Tash was having the twins, um, they went to check her dilation and uh-huh. uh, they went to check it because they said, oh, well, you're two centimetres about four or five hours ago, so you're probably about five and a half. Sure. And they went to check it and the, the first baby, uh, Boo, she just came out while they were checking. They went, and they, they went, whoa, 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 whoa. Because what they said was, just give one little push so we can see the baby's head. One yeah. push, whoosh, there's literally the shot out. Somebody yeah. catch that baby because yeah. there's another one on the way. Yep. Can get we get some more on. midwives in here? And that's yeah. what it can be like, isn't that, it? That is what it can be like. Be really, really quick. And women constantly are surprising us with you know how they crack on in labour. And we're much tougher and stronger than we think. So yeah, midwifery is definitely full of surprises. That's what keeps it good. And when you have a funny story to tell or you've experienced a funny story, how do you decide whether you can put it in the book or not? Ah, well, every story in the book is kind of a composite of different true stories that have happened just to to kind of protect patient confidentiality. But there are so many funny stories and then tragic stories and fascinating stories. And hopefully I've come up with a bit of a mixed bag of everything. Give give us one of your funnies. One of the funnies. uh, Well, one of the things that didn't make it in the book was um, quite often we have babies that are in an awful hurry to arrive and they arrive out with the hospital. So there was definitely a shift where I caught a baby in the front seat of a transit van uh, before I had my <laughs> breakfast. And well, that, you, you had to run out? Yes, uh-huh, because the department where I work, we're, we're sort of triage, so it's like A&E for pregnant people. Yeah. So if somebody is delivering in the car park or outside the hospital, we're sort of first responders, uh, as it, it were. Mum so, at school, uh, this, again, I think it was the end of last year, just around the twins, before or after the twins were born, one of the other mums at school gave birth in the front of a rain drove in the passenger yes. seat into her birth pants. Very nice. Yes, I have caught a baby inside somebody's leggings. <laughs> yeah, those um, leggings. Yeah, yeah. Stre- uh-huh. stre- it was the stretchy leggings. They're very stretchy. Baby in leggings. Baby in leggings. <laughs> this, this was a woman who I had just examined her in, in my department and I thought, okay, we've got time to get around to Labour Ward. She was very relaxed. We were sort of just walking, strolling along the corridor to Labour Ward. All of a sudden, she kind of makes that classic noise. Of, mm, and I think, all right, okay, what's happening? The old baby in the gusset noise. The old yeah. baby in the gusset noise, absolutely, spot on. And you could actually see the, the curve of this baby's head within the leggings Oops. and um, she, she had her baby but all was well passing member of staff flung her you know fleece jacket over the baby kept us warm and, and uh, off we went my mate's a doctor and was um, pregnant and uh, just started to go into labour and went oh stuff and nonsense I'm not going to trouble anybody uh, finally sort of a couple of hours in thought I probably should go to A&E now was eight centimetres dilated <laughs> pretty yep, much rushed through yeah. common common true story yeah, just Women wanted really to be brave just about it the shepherdess uh-huh. that we had on from the Channel 5 programme um, she's got nine kids and she she gave birth to uh, one of her middle children uh, one of her many middle children on her own but she didn't want to wake her husband up so she went downstairs to do it oh that on was a, very obliging her own, of her in front of the fire unbelievable the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky Virgin Radio on Monday it was the aftermath of the marathon the London marathon the day before so ping and pong are back live and direct in the house Bill and Walter here Seven months, and um, what will they be? Um, what are we? Uh, 29th, so seven months and 10 days old uh, today, the twins. Uh, with them, super mums here. Morning, sweetheart. Morning. Uh, so, can you take people through what it was like for you? Um, the real hero of yesterday with four ankle biters, two twins, pair of twins there, uh, a six year old and a ten year old, getting to three places successfully to cheer us lot along. How was that? How do you do that? Well, I mean, it's just the best day of the year for me, other than Carfest. Yes. 
So watching the marathon is the best day of my year. It is just so much fun. It's about being organised. Right. If I can get to the right side of the road, you know where I am roughly, mm. um, and just having everything that you need to keep the kids occupied for the rest of the day. Right, I'm, I'm sort of aware of that bit, but the bit I don't get, because the bit I don't get to see... Yes. ...is... The underground, getting on the underground, getting through the barriers with the double buggy, um, getting on those packed tube trains. What's it like underground? Not, none of that matters. It's because everybody is in so, such a great mood. There was a guy yesterday, he obviously finished really quick, was on the tube platform. The rest of the tube, as he came down the stairs with his medal on, he was just getting on with his day, going home. The whole of the tube station just gave this massive cheer and he stood on the other side of the tube and just oh. gave this big bow and everybody was, it was, it was absolutely packed. It was just brilliant. Everybody's kind of polite. There's no pushing. There's no, it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like you're part of this amazing energy. And, you know, it, it's even, you know, you said to me, what about running it next year? I actually just love being with the kids and getting them to see all the all the wheelchairs coming through and then all the elites and all the it, it just really is the most special day. Everyone's so happy for everybody else whatever they're doing. It's it, brilliant. It's you, so true. I mean the the atmosphere on the side of the road and I was there with our 4-year-old Mary and we went we went from there to an actual fun fair, a fun fair in Battersea Park and Easily the highlight of her day was the hour and a half we spent at about mile 22 cheering on the runners because she they can just feel, and I'm sure the twins were the same, they can just feel all the positive energy. It's like crackling through the air, isn't it? Yeah, they just know, they just all get it. All from, from you know, Noah's 10 now, from that from his age down to the babies. They, they just, they're just so peaceful and, and and absorbing all the energy. It's brilliant. <laughs> Special Ops Aussie Nick just said to me in the headphones when you were talking there, he said, this is why we married her. This is why we <laughs> married you. All of us married you. She's not just my wife, she's, all a, she's the show's wife, is what she is. Until death does do part. Until uh, the next contract at least <laughs> is signed. You are the show's wife. Um, so if you're not going to enter um, next year or try and enter next year's uh, London Marathon, um, what, what are you doing these eight-mile training runs for then that you've been knocking out recently? Well, I mean, there is a thing called Run Fest Run so coming that, up. Yeah. Um, so I've got to be match fit for that. Uh -huh. But you're way ahead of the game for a half marathon. Uh, so, so, so what are these about? What are the eight-mile runs about? Tell me more. Um, well, I, I. What are they about? Come on, it's a very simple question. I suppose I've got Amsterdam in my sights. Yeah, she's Yay! got Amsterdam. She's on the plane. <laughs> All right. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Dapper David, over to you. She's the co-founder of a massively successful podcast, the author of a Sunday Times best-selling book, a screenwriter, a corporate speaker, a radio presenter, and a stand-up comedian. Please welcome the host of the Guilty Feminist podcast and clearly incredibly lazy, Deborah. <laughs> Francis White. You know, I was thinking the same thing. Good morning, Deborah. How are <laughs> Hello, you? Hello, Chris. I'm terribly well. It's an unqualified delight to be here. You are uh, very busy. How do you, how do you, is that a juggle there? Is that a juggle or is that a process? I mean, it is, but I don't have any children and that's the answer. Okay, no, that does help massively, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I assume all my friends are sort of like, well, and I'm, I'm tired and I'm like, the, the answer is if you want to do too many things, don't have any, I mean, but mind you, I've got friends who do this many things and have children. They're just more tired. Yeah, they're more tired and discombobulated. It's funny because people say to us, they say, so you're doing the radio, uh, Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Uh, what else are you doing? 
well, we've got a million children, so those get up at city o'clock, do the show in London, go back home, uh, look after city, uh, the million children, come back to work the next day. Mm. That's basically it, isn't it? And that's quite yeah. a busy day. Yeah, that's quite a busy day. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so so with you on that, Deborah. I know, I had no idea. Sixty million downloads. I know, that's a lot of downloads. Congrats, it's, my it's, friend, congrats. I, but listen, it's not me downloading it, it's the listeners. I've, I barely downloaded ever. Great title, isn't it? The Guilty Feminist. Because yeah. feminists can be over-feministic, can't they, I suppose? Well, it's more that I feel like we're, feminism has become something, another thing to feel guilty about. Like, you're not a good enough at your job, you're not a good enough mum, you're not here enough, yeah, yeah. you're not there enough. And feminism becomes another thing, I'm not good enough at this now, you know. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it should be a liberating thing where we say, hey, I can take up more space. And the idea is... We we don't have to be perfect to be a force for meaningful change. And this show will be like coming to a feminist church, like women who <laughs> feel like, you know, listen, I would, I'd like to, things to be more equal. I'd like to take up more space. I'd like to apologise less. Come down to the, the theatre. We're going all around the country to see the dates on guiltyfeminist.com. There's going to be stand-up comedy. There's going to be amazing one-liners. We're going to be interviewing some feminists from your hometown, some women who are trying to change something in Halifax or in Manchester or something really local, interviewing them, something you can get involved in and there's going to be music we've got Jess Robinson uh, from Britain's Got Talent we've got Grace Petrie so we're going to get everyone moving and grooving sounds fantastic and you sound fantastic uh, well because a- you're not just giving it you're living it it's different because when somebody comes on to plug something you know if they're not interested taking the check finding it in a bit interested very interested or beyond beyond all that and that's what you are you're beyond all that I, I do I feel it I feel it deep down you live I and breathe it. it's obvious because <laughs> you're speaking you, you're speaking what you do fluently and therefore you're not repeating anything you've written you're just talking because yeah, you, you I, talk it I really do care about it but I also want to say talk, you? I, I, absolutely I also want to say men are really really welcome in our space <laughs> I See, just no, we do have you shouldn't have said that because as yeah. a man I didn't think I wasn't no, but now but I suspect men, I might be no some men do feel it because they hear feminists they think it's not for me but 20% of our audience are men no. and so we no. make it really really embracive it was going so well till then no, uh, you, no. Didn't, you didn't need to put out that, that warning for me because it's not the fe- it's guilty feminists no it's so true it's, all right. it's, it's yeah, fine but, you know you're, you're a very secure man Chris Evans well, well, you've had a lot of validation well, and over the years I also have the power of mis- mass hypnosis have you yeah. heard about that no breaking news apparently yeah. What massive what? mass hypnosis? What happened? Well, you, you'll find out later when you leave, and I clip my fingers, and you're back in the city. I'm back in the room. Am yeah. I going to start acting yep. like a like a feminist who's a chicken later? It's so funny because the other night, this is true. The other night, last week, um, I went on. Noah and I went on because before uh, Noah finally took himself in for bed, he can have a little read, and then he can pick ten minutes of something good mm. um, off the internet. We go- and we googled um, hypnotize yourself. You can hypnotise yourself. Did it work? Did you try? No, because we we both watched it and we should, should we have a go? He said, Daddy, to be honest, I'm a bit scared. I said, so am I. Right, good night, see you, love you, God bless. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. And and to this to this moment, you're not sure if you're significant. I don't significantly know, I have no idea hypnotized. anymore. What do you think? It's, well, I think hypnosis is one of those things that both parties have to be in agreement yeah. for it to happen. It definitely works. I've like, been hypnotised. Like a party wall. Yeah. You've been hypnotised. <laughs> yes. Like a party wall, we both have to be... Do you know, by Oh, the I've way, definitely had hypnosis. Do you know, yeah, by the way, if great. your extension is under four metres high and a certain a certain length and width, <laughs> do you know you words. don't need planning permission? Do you know that? You just need permission from either neighbour. Well, I'd never get permission Did you know from that? my neighbour. It varies council to council, but basically, yes. 
Can I just say, it's really important that it varies council to council because I don't want you going to the trouble of erecting a wall and saying Chris Evans said and then the council comes on. It's all right, really. Well, I, I, think, I think that could well stand up in a court of law. Chris, Chris, Evans, <laughs> Chris Evans said. After Chris Evans on Virgin Radio said. The only person it wouldn't work for is me, but I think it would work for most other people. Do you have nice neighbours? Are your neighbours terribly famous? Do you live between Jonathan Ross and one of the sugar babes? Why would you think that? I just, I just feel you do. Yes. Which sugar babe do you yes, live next to? All of them. You sandwich between two sugar babes. <laughs> That's what it is. It's, uh, the so Guilty Feminist Live is on tour and it starts tomorrow and you'd be mad to miss it. Yeah, Can you especially say some if of the, you're in Halifax. Can God. you say some of the places it's going to be on, please, Chris Evans? Because I feel people will listen to you. Don't really have time. But uh, Wednesday 1st of May through till Saturday, Jean, you might you might find, you might if you look very carefully, you might find the Guilty Feminist Live in Halifax, Birmingham, Hull, Newcastle, Salford, Colchester, Richmond, South. Then. Cardiff, Cambridge, Aylesbury, Bournemouth, Oxford, Southampton, Sheffield, Coventry, Plymouth, Brighton, Glasgow, Leicester, Nottingham, Woking, London, and Belfast. I found that a little arousing at the end. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast, and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.